Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Hey Teddy. Normally, I ask you to say it, but we have a wonderful special guest. It's Fiona. Fiona, you should know by now, what can we not stop doing? We can't stop snapping. Let's go. All right. We have a wonderful episode in store for everyone here today. We're going to be going over our experience with Black Knight last week, as well as looking forward into the new release today. It's going to be Nico and see her wonderful, amazing spells. And then is the werewolf by night next week on the horizon as the best potential card this month? Or has Nico taken that place and maybe some other stuff along the way? Oh my God, are you guys so excited? I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about cool stuff. This is going to be amazing. The meta is in just a wild spot right now. And with all these new releases, I don't know, it feels like cards are coming out faster somehow. <laughs> Does it feel like that to you guys? I think it feels like that because the impact of the card, and you know, sometimes cards feel like they uh, stop being played after two days. Yeah. Uh, not lately, at least not in my pocket meta. These cards feel pretty consistently used the whole week, at least up until the next one. All right, but before we go too far into our topics and get ahead of ourselves, Fiona, you are a wonderful guest here today, and I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting you in person at SnapCon in Tampa. But for those of you who don't know, for the viewers that don't know, please let them know. Tell them about yourself, where you do, where you do stuff, you know, where they can find you and get more everything. Where can they get more Fiona? Absolutely. So my name is Fiona Shade. I am a writer, a D&D 5e compatible content creator, and a Twitch streamer, and I love to stream Marvel Snap. Of course, I'm always streaming it with Marvel, my little baby unicorn, whose uh, big bad agenda is to become the next big bad of the game with the power to change the name of the game from Marvel Snap to Marvel Snap. So if you want to support Marvel's dream, you can find us on Twitch at Fiona Shade Stories. You can also find me on Twitter at Fiona Shade Stories Singular uh, because there's a character limit for Twitter names. On Twitch, um, you can redeem channel points to have me twirl my sword around from when I have been a, a cosplay drag king as Aragorn from Lord of the Rings or Geralt of Rivia. So I'm a huge nerd. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for like 15 years now. I make the Stu Adventure College Student Handbook and uh, associated YouTube series soon, uh, which is a kind of comedy mystery world for folks who want uh, a very inclusive representative experience. I'm a sensitivity reader specializing in neurodivergence, disability, and queer and trans issues. Um, and I myself am non-binary. Um, I use these her pronouns as well as she, her pronouns. Like Z is over there, it belongs to Zer. Um, and you can find me mostly on, on Twitter, I'm uh, sorry, on Twitch at this point, um, but I also have a pretty active Discord community, and I like to bridge the the Kickstarter and um, role-playing game content that I create, as well as Marvel Snap in our communities. So we have a lot of folks who love both, um, and we talk about different role-playing game questions of the day, and Snap questions of the day. And we're just a community of folks who are all trying to get better and enjoy the game together. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Teddy Ninja, uh, you've been really, really uh, just nice to me since uh, we first encountered each other back in the Snap Ops 2 where I came in second place. Um, and, yes, that's uh, where you exploded on. You were battling yeah. Freddy Babes at like exhaustion levels of the day. 
and oh no one gosh. like you were come from nowhere you didn't even, you were like midway through pool three mm-hmm. and you were just in a fully public tournament and doing incredibly well which was amazing to watch and like your deck Thank building you. ingenuity yeah. i think really inspired me to see like hey like people at any level is able to be successful so it's that hard. was really awesome i do think that honestly like it feels a lot of the time like it is a potentially pay to win game. Um, I do think that, you know, it's easier to play when you have more cards. Uh, I think lately I've been actually feeling the lack of collector's tokens for the inability to uh, gain those specific cards that fulfill the archetypes that I need or like round oh, things out. But yeah, back then I had like 25 of pool three cards and now I have yep. all but five, I think. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm feeling feeling happier in general with my, my state of ability to play the game. But boy, these spotlight caches are both uh, very helpful and very infuriating. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be awesome to talk the spotlight caches and which ones you are targeting to be able to expand your collection when we get to that. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting rabbit hole of like, is the game <sighs> less free-to-play friendly now than before? I don't know. The spotlight cache system I do like better, but then again, the new cards, some of them seem to be a little pushed, uh, especially some recent Battle Pass cards have left a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Brad? Is is the game trending one way or the other, or is it just like any given month can be a, a mixed bag? I mean, you know, there's a saying that goes with any card game. The most powerful card is always going to be the credit or debit card. So yeah. it's kind yeah. of how it works, unfortunately, yeah. which is, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? And I think Snap, in comparison to most other CCGs in general, um, especially TCGs, yeah. uh, is one of the more free-to-play friendly uh, experiences. Not to say there's, really no, there's no issues. There absolutely are. Um, right. But you can get through, um, you know, and actually do pretty well for yourself on a mostly free-to-play or completely free-to-play account, especially with the inclusion of uh, spotlights. I do think overall, um, I believe, uh, I think it was Jeff Hoogland did a video because he's the guy that graduated from uh, with like a degree in mathematics or like two degrees in mathematics or whatever. So he loves breaking down numbers. And then he did basically mathematically say that it is a better system overall. Now, The feels bads are worse. I will say that from a psychological uh, perspective, I think the uh, the moment in which you when, when you open through, the spotlight cache and that was yeah. a week's worth of effort and it hits a card you already have and then you press the button convert into just a thousand tokens, you're like, what? Yeah, that should be the value of whatever card you pulled from that convert. It should be kind three thousand like... or six thousand. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think that would be really nice too. Um, I think that would be a nice thing because I. I agree, but the other thing about the spotlight caches, for me at least, is the the doubling up of certain cards and the lack of seeing mm-hmm. other cards. Can oh, be like really... Mr. Jeff or Iron Lad. <laughs> yeah, I would. That love... happens to be in every deck, or, almost every deck I play, and then my Howard chat's the like, duck. "What?" Or Howard the Duck, who? Should oh yeah, to open that as an S five. <laughs> the true champion. I, I, I gotta say, I'm not as not as into Howard the Duck as I would be into having Iron Lad show up in a spotlight cache. But you know. Okay, yes. this is for the art masters. What is the character that's in the most card depictions? Because Howard is in his cards, obviously, but then he's also in that collector card. Correct. But I'm wondering how many. It must be like Moon Girl Devil Dino, right? Because they're always in each other's cards. That are like in the most well, artwork. Are we, are we, we're counting all different card arts, right? Because yeah, then, once you start 
bringing in Rian Gonzalez cards. Mm -hmm. The team ups, yes. Are, those chibis, there's always little mini versions of supporting yes. characters with each respective one. So I'm sure that there's going to be some overlap in what you're asking and then Rian uh -huh. Gonzalez uh, variants. Yes, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. It's just fascinating to think about. Maybe somebody in the comments will be able to let us know. Ooh, so we want to go into Black Knight. Black Knight, Black Sheep. I don't know. I was not super grabbed by him. It just felt really clunky. That being said, I ultimately found a um, kind of a zoo deck that I was playing with Black Knight and Ghost Rider uh, to be able to get my weekend missions done this week. That felt okay, uh, but I did not love him overall. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, Teddy, I feel like I feel like Thanos in the MCU, where he uh, he meets Tony Stark for the first time and he just goes Stark. And then he's like, how do you know? He's like, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. I feel like that because I was saying for literal months leading up to this card that this is bad. This It was bad in its original rendition. It's bad in this rendition. Now, it's not all, you know, doom and gloom, right? This is one of the more fun cards. I think it's really cool to build around. I think it's a really interesting kind of mini game. Of, okay, do I commit to the Black Knight? Do I kind of fall, do a fallback plan or whatever? Yeah. Um, but I do think it's the fact that your plan A is this versus whatever your fallback plan is. Um, I think whatever deck he goes in would just be better where you remove him from the equation and just create something that's more consistency with the overall uh, discard archetype. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's so hard to get really rolling because then this big meaty chunk of your mid game is setting up a discard and then setting up the blade when another deck that's like bloodstone anything is just gas all the mm -hmm. way through yeah and i do think that we see i don't know the do you think he would be better if the ebony blade cost a little less to play oh yes i mean <laughs> if the blade hits like a, a three cost breaking point that could go kind yeah. of crazy and the fact that also he just gets murdered by Shadow King, it seems wild. I have heard the developers are interested in altering that, so I don't know what that mm. is ultimately going to look like if he gets a whole extra line of text on the blade or what happens there. But You mean editing we'll it so Shadow King wouldn't take out the blade? Yeah, because right now the blade's base power is zero, so if they Shadow would, King hits him currently, he goes to zero. They would have to change the pig then. I think there is a workaround mm. this. I think it's a very easy... Everyone will understand it type of issue. Yeah. When you click on Black Knight or you click on uh, the pig, right, and it shows the respective token that they generate. Right. If it's a token that has whatever the base power of a specific card will be based on, like, the pig, you know, hitting whatever card it gains that, or in this yep. case, Black Knight and the Ebony Blade, I think what the base power should be is just a question mark. That's it. Just Rather than zero, mark. right? Yeah, it's yes. X or a question mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I so, agree. Because it hasn't been pre... So that way it's not a predetermined thing. It's just... Like, then it doesn't have to appear as green. It can appear as just the... This is the card's power. It's now yeah. been determined. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that's a good workaround. Yeah. It's also fascinating. Like, isn't it great that we had uh, Ham produce the pig at four cost? And they were like, oh, no, it works with Zabu. We have to change that. Let's make Black Knight intentionally work with Zabu. But the problem is, like, Triple M just is yeah, triple cutting M is Zabu rough. out. And also on turn six, I guess, like, you're playing... I think the best turn six I've seen with this would be 
I saw Ebony Blade Ghost Rider to yoink yeah. back, um, like essentially to Infonauts uh, onto the board. And then oh, that's impressive, but also um, right now with my Elsa bounce strategies, I can just go taller than that. So if they spend a lot of time not building up the board state and then they throw out like 40 power on the last turn, split across two locations, I can usually go taller than that with the Elsa bounce, which you know, might also change if they wind up nerfing Elsa to be plus two instead of plus three, but um, we'll see. But for now, I just don't think that this goes tall enough with the amount of energy investment that you have to put in to make it go off. What about you guys? Yeah. It's just, you know, again, I don't think it's a very good card. I do think, I think I do find it funny how the best deck, I think, with the, this card at the moment is the... Um, moon girl titania she hulk deck with really? like a little engine thrown into like discard like you know uh the infinite and like kind of just get and then run zabu and like sunspot to make yep. use of the float turn that way you can float on it also runs magic by the way that way you can float on six have like double infinite whatever stuff double uh you know she hulks and titanias and just do this huge giant dump of all your cards in the last turn um which, don't get me wrong, I played it. It's fun. It works great when it works. Um, however, that addition of the discard uh, plan creates some weird friction of what you're trying to do. And yeah. I'm just like, this would be better if just this was just gone. From no, no, no. I think, uh, Brad, we're going, we're doubling down. You play Magic into, um, you have Wave Psylocke turn six to have eight energy on turn seven. To be able to drop them both. Oh, you're doing that stuff. Okay, wh why, why don't we just play a better deck that's good at doing that exact thing? <laughs> exactly, you could play or, you anything. Know, like high Evo Knot, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that one's fantastic at doing that, especially because you can leverage the leech. By the way, all these people complaining about all these varying different cards, especially Eliath, right? Sure. Why did the high Evo Knot deck just kind of go away? It was fantastic at leveraging that leech on uh, on um, on five, floating on six, and then just going infinite She-Hulk on seven, or like Hulk She-Hulk on seven. It was fantastic doing that. That way you don't have to worry about it's you know because Goliath. of what's what Fiona's saying. Fiona's little Elsa anything deck is just taller. They roll into it and they're like, I don't even need abilities on this last turn. I would I would like to play Eliath and just shut you out, but I'm also just, I'm taller than you. On turn five, you put down three power. I put down 15. I don't know. She's cracked. Yeah, but if you have the established sunspots and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and like uh, sunspot, nebula, uh, misty night, like that, that can get pretty uh, high in its own right. Well, nebula is probably not going to get very high. In the bounce meta, though, um, right. It does depend also if on they bring if they bring in the loot cage or not. Sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. So it could have been a feels bad for the people playing that high evo deck. That's like there's just enough loot cage that I'm not finding my footing in some of these matchups. So that might have been part of it. That's true too, and it's it's rough. I mean, I don't see Enchantress a lot these days, and yeah. I do play Rogue more than I think other people do. But it can still be, um, I don't know, it's like in a high Evo deck, playing Rogue is a pretty big commitment to, to deal with um, wasting a turn and either turn three or turn four 
uh, not having like a Cyclops hit and generate and instead just like stealing their card. Right. It's also the Triple M is stopping either your Abomination or your She-Hulk line mm -hmm. from really coming to fruition. So yeah, there's just a True. couple of different tech cards that are working against it. I, I will say I am seeing far less Triple M than I had that first couple of weeks of his existence. Um, yep. I, I, maybe it's just the RNG catching up with people and then not drawing it. I'm happy and they do have it in their deck, but they're not seeing it. Or I, yeah. I do think it's it's doing the thing of uh, other card games in which there's a, um, a particular deck that wants to take advantage of X aspect of the game. In Magic, we would refer to either Dredge or Lotus Field, these com or Storm, like these types of combo decks that are very much okay. I'm trying to do everything with my graveyard. Cool. So I'm going to go ahead and bring Dredge to a tournament where people are not expecting it. Dredge does very well. It wins the entire tournament. And then the next week, when there's a new tournament, there's a lot of graveyard hate in people's sideboards or their main decks. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it goes into this cycle over and over again. It's like, okay, well, right. now Dredge sucks. Don't play it. And then people for, then Dredge stops being played. So people stop putting those cards in their sideboard to dedicate to other matchups. And then Dredge comes back and it's just a vicious cycle over again. I think Triple M is the exact same thing where yeah he's on a he's on a pendulum right mm -hmm. yes yeah. and loki is not being played nearly as often at least in my pocket meta and for yeah, me yeah. with bounce uh if i play my cards right i can deal with triple m and still go taller than it um yeah. through like my beast and my falcon just utilizing them not for their reducing the power but strictly for their bouncing um so i feel like Unfortunately, Mobius, yeah, for sure, is just not as useful, and therefore I'm not seeing it as much, though it certainly shuts down a lot of decks if you do have it. Like Mr. Negative, or like <laughs> uh, Stature with Black Bolt yep. and stuff. Like, there are certain yep. things that just I've not seen those guys for a while. No. Um, but, you know, I do think it's... Maybe we want to see that, that, uh, that one change people have been floating around with Electra, right? Where she's a 2-2. Two -two snipes and two drops then people oh, yes. can stop worrying about you know certain you know two drop uh menaces of the tech cards being a bit too uh oppressive or everywhere in the I mean, they're, ab they're absolutely stacked there's so many of them that are incredible between the angela craven silk uh, elsa triple m luke cage on and on such powerful pieces in the two cost price point so you just yeah picking and choosing from a smorgasbord of amazing options i have a hidden request that most people don't think of because this card doesn't see any play anymore um it is a two drop it has too much yep. competition in two drops so i would like it to become a one one give me a one one scorpion please the one one scorpion <laughs> yep okay okay hmm. That with balance would be so toxic. That, that no. would be so Good. toxic. Oh, yeah. you're right. Good. Oh my god. Please. Oh, come on, don't do this. You gotta have Iceman and the Scorpion together. Like it's people don't like it. And that, that's one of the cards I'm okay just getting eclipsed once you have better stuff to go to. Yeah, but when you have, when you're running Luke Cage and you're just like, I don't care. I just don't care. Look at that. Yeah. It makes mm. you feel good. Right. Alternatively, how about you make him a uh, three or a four cost and then like really beat down the hand? I don't know. So like what? <laughs> a three, two hit for negative two? Yeah. Or what if it hit 
I don't uh, now I'm just three crafting like brand new cards. If it hit the next card they played for like a really dramatic amount. Well then they could also get around that. I yeah, mean, they could. They could. They could, but they could also choose. Like, I think that's almost less powerful, just because you could say, "Okay, I'm not gonna be worrying about this lane. I'm gonna play it there," or like, "I have a Carnage or something like that." So it's like the one card to deal with. Um, yep. You know what? I think would be a fun two drop to make a a one drop would be uh, maybe a, a one two, um, or even a one one Viper, because I I I do like Viper. But I think that in a lot of the junk your opponent decks where you want to give something on your side to the other person, uh, Viper is, you know, pretty much the only card that does that. And it's a fairly high cost commitment to play. Yeah. But yeah. if you could uh, if you could balance it pretty easily because it was a 1-1, one, one, then oh, yeah. that would be very fun. Uh, very toxic, but very fun. Um, that would be yeah. super interesting. Or if we could just get a mechanic to re like something that recalls the previous card that you played of any cost oh, rather than ooh. just the one costs clog mm -hmm. is getting a nihilus down the road so i think they're going to hold off on doing any changes there until we see what a nihilus can do that'd be a free way to sure. get uh, like a, the other way to get your void and to get your hood across the board and mm -hmm. really just strangle them <laughs> i do think that if you make her a one drop uh viper at least yeah yeah then she can I think that's just a huge boon for that deck in general because the so one good. thing that I noticed with uh, with junk decks when I play them is that they have very clunky curves. You really need your kind of stars to align a little bit to make sure you have the right you know uh, line of play. Yeah. You want Hood and, into Viper, into yeah. either Debris or Goblin. Like You want yeah. that one, two, three. And then if you're playing Man-Thing, of course, you know being able to play that behind them and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, but then you have to figure out where do you put in Luke Cage, but then you can also just go uh, like Luke Cage on five with another three drop they chose not to play if you have both, you know, that and Goblin or like the Debris or whatever. But yep. making Viper be able to fit in, I think Viper's very difficult to fit in beyond that turn two kind of play or turn three potentially. Because um, like what, sometimes you see people do the Sentry thing of like on six, Sentry into Viper, and it's like, okay, yep. but at that point, they're probably full on that side. You're Probably. not really going to be able to fit it in. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a really cool, interesting change. I think it'd be probably fine. Cool card. Yeah. Yep. I've got the um, the snake. I guess it's Medusa Viper. <laughs> or it's just I've got a truly snakey. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've got that variant. And I love it. Me, and, me too. Uh, it's it's the Secret Wars one? Like. We all have the same one. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's from the Secret Wars, which, by yeah, the way, my... I cannot wait until that's becomes part of the MCU when they finally do Secret Wars. It's but, uh, current release date is 2027. Brad, wow. 2027. You're going to have to wait a That's little bit. There will be gray hair before I see this movie. Dude, I, they announced the Infinity War movies in like when I was in high school. And I was like, yeah. That's so far away. And then we got there. We made it. We'll make we it did. to the next ones, too. Here's the thing is I knew that I was going to love those. I don't know if I'm going to love... <laughs> Sorry, current Marvel. I don't know if I'm going to love Secret Wars. I they want need... to. I really do, but they I just don't. They need a shake-up. They need something. They, um, they, yep. they need to bring in uh, directors that have a particular style and let them do the thing. Let them make the movie in which they would make it. Like I always think about Edgar Wright, how he was tapped for Ant-Man originally. And mm -hmm. in Edgar Wright... Ant-Man movie 
if they just let him be him would have been so cool and right. it's that it's the idea of like similarly to like marvel snap where if you look at the base art for every card the base art always has this similar feel to them right even yep. though they're different artists but the base art is a great job of making you understand of like these all go together right yeah um, yeah. Marvel in general for the MCU is a sim similar thing of like the formula has to be there. The the, the stylization and the way that these movies work has to be unique. The villain has not... the, the same power as the hero and there's a sky laser. Okay, guys? Yeah. Just... But we, <laughs> but that's not how comics work. Comics uh -huh, have their yeah. own flavor and, and yes. like feel to them. Like Frank Miller's uh, The Dark Knight for looking at DC is vastly different from so many different Batman comics and artists and uh, you know renditions of the character prior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why that one is you know has the adaptation for stuff so often because it's that you at the time at least uh, the unique like fresh like take of like oh this is what the the uh, the Cape Crusader can be. So like let them and if you let them cook. <laughs> oh yeah, just let someone cook over there because right now it's all the same cafeteria. It's coming. It's becoming bland just as they keep reheating it. But if you want something fresh, especially in card design, that is Nico. A hundred percent. That is our new Nico Minaru. Oh, oh my 100%. goodness. I agree. Runaway is coming home and it's great. Staff of one with seven different spells alternating. We found some pretty interesting interactions, so I did a, a mega testing stream. I'll just break down some nuances that people may or may not have um, understood before. If she is recalled back to hand by any kind of bounce effect or duplication effect, um, she will start cycling new spells rather than being locked to the one that she had before. Also, her spells do have to have targets to activate. So like the one that destroys the next card and gives you card draw, if you have two Nikos via Sinister London and you play your next card, it will destroy the card, give you two cards, and then the next Nico will not be able to give you the benefit. Um, so if that's, that hopefully helps you in some fringe scenarios. Also, I saw in my chat, some people thought that she kept on cycling spells as long as she was on the board. That is not the case. No. Uh, she is one and done. Also, <laughs> from my own misreading of the card, I thought she had a spell that doubled the next card played, it doubles her. Yes. <laughs> which, so, which, is, which is fine, especially alongside Elsa. You can get a 10 power one cost with that spell if you're getting the Elsa buff and then doubling as well, which is pretty easy to work out. Um, but yeah, don't expect to double the next card you play like me. <laughs> yeah, you should not be expecting that. No, no, uh, no, and no, also no. it's a good thing that it doesn't do that because having a yes. one mana or one energy Shuri effect, it's way too much. Very scary. <laughs> It's a, it's a, that would have been, I don't know why I thought that was even possible for her to do, but it's clearly not. I do, I've played her in three different decks. I think she has elevated or at least side graded all of them. They're somewhat meta competitive. And what's really fun is that it's different spells that are highlighted for each deck as like the most desirable one that you want to hit. So I just, I'm eating it up right now. I'm loving it. Also, <laughs> I opened five caches to be able to get her. Because that purple smiley cache is still not a hold to confirm. That was on the roadmap from how long ago, second dinner, please. But on the fifth one, my accidental open, I got the Nightforge variant, so it's all worth it. It's all worth it. It's a good variant. Yeah. So 
let's real quick go over the spotlight itself since you had to suffer through opening five. Yes, um, I've opened all of these, which I, I got uh, good variants. We got some really nice variants with mm -hmm. Kitty Pride and Phoenix Force. And because Phoenix Force is a natural home for Nico, I'm pretty A plus on this spotlight, honestly. Yeah, I think this is a really good spotlight in general. Um, I was not, uh, did not share your luck or misfortune, I suppose, in having to open uh, five of them. Uh, I got Nico on the very first one, and um, I just never said, looked back. Call it a day. We're done. Well, yes, because mm. so they are. Uh, this is also really fascinating to me. They're going to make a Midnight Suns Nico. Yes. So that initial collaboration of Midnight Suns variants, they do want to expand, which made me so happy. So happy. And it releases soon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, just the fact that they're going to extend that, ah, I love it. Well, we'll get there. Makes me eventually. feel validated for going oh, in so hard. There she is. There. And she looks good. She looks it's good. It's out. It's supposed to be out yeah. already. Yep. Just waiting for it to pop into my oh. shop. Okay, okay. I, I got this in my shop. It's really good, this armor. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think yeah. this week, if I can get back to it, uh, is a uh, is a good one. Um, Kitty Pride. Most people got for, for free, right? Uh, so there's you know that supposed downside. Phoenix Force is a is another season pass card in which, you know, a lot of people might have skipped out on or whatever, just because that month yeah. maybe wasn't up to everyone's speed. But Nico goes pretty nicely into a Phoenix Force deck, so having that paired together is pretty nice. Um, I do think it's pretty easy to say that. Even if you have the other cards and you don't care about the variants, it's probably worth it just to get Nico. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that she's like such a ball of fun. <laughs> she's a she's a happy fun ball from a, a critical yeah. role um, a connection there. She's great, though. I I will say if you're really strapped for budget, next week is looking a little better. Mm, that's interesting that you say that. I think um, you know next week we. Do have a ghost spider and silk, which have yep. incredible, incredible synergy and are both oh, yeah. wonderful cards. Um, that said, I think if you don't have Kitty Pride, this week is just so, so, so good. Um, because Nico, Nico Minora does go well with Phoenix Force, uh, but also Kitty Pride is just so essential right now. And Elsa decks, yeah. which are dominating the meta, they, they can't deny that. And also, even if Elsa gets a, a debuff eventually. Like Kitty has been very strong for a very long time with Angela. And I think that's not going to change anytime soon. So I think personally it's really hard because I open battle, I get battle passes and I got Kitty for free. Um, yeah. So battle passes are the only thing I get because I do think their value is just um, incredible compared to anything else that you can get in the game. Um, yeah. and I technically won't have spent money on it because of the snap-offs too until I bought a year's worth of battle passes. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of, I kind of still free to play because of that tournament, but anyway, uh -huh. but my point is that I, it's disappointing because part of me really wants to wait on Nico until December. So I have wonderful, cause I have wonderful spotlight caches lined up there where I won't have anything, yep. but I think, yep. um, and I just, and I don't want to 
waste my smiley caches. Like if I had Brad's luck and could, you know, roll a nat 20 and get Nico on my first open, I would be so happy. But if Maybe I don't have get... Teddy's luck and you'll open five. Right. So I'm, I'm really scared to open her for her this week because right now I have seven spotlight caches and I need at least nine ready for December. And I'm sure I have the time to make that up between now and then, even if I had to spend five, but it will feel so frustrating to me to get the variants like I, I wish you got the option to choose between variants and collector's tokens too not just between a like you know pulling a card you already have right is, oh, is yeah. that that's how not how it works right you don't get to choose between variants and nope collectors it tokens. just hits you with that premium variant or if it's a the random pull that you already own you get the tokens right and so for my my case or kitty pride i've got the wedding variant and uh my first split on it was inked with white tone flare so it looks like an old-fashioned old-timey wedding photo and i'm never so upgrading it again so i don't need a yeah. new kitty pride variant uh, yep that said, Brad, you said you thought that it was worth Nico, even if you already had the other two cards. Yeah, I think Nico is incredibly powerful. Um, gonna give Werewolf by Night a run for his money uh, for the best card of this month. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the best card is easily going to be Elsa, but Elsa is yes. also going to be changed. It is not oh, a matter sure. of if, it'll be when, and it's most likely it's, going to be soon. I, it's still an if. Loki is still what he was, too. No, so. no, no, because you don't have the pleasure, Teddy. We, we're not the only podcast around, right? Uh, uh, Glenn yeah, yeah. was featured on the Snap Judgments podcast, which I had the pleasure of editing. Uh, I, hey. I do edit a decent amount of their podcasts and their episodes. Yep. So that was one of the episodes I did edit, so I had to listen to it three times, essentially, while going through it. Um, and editing it, uh, making sure it was cleaned up. And I got the wonderful pleasure of listening to Glenn over and over again, mentioned several times in that podcast that he thinks that they did not miss the mark on Loki, or at least not nearly as bad as people assume. Um, and they think Loki is pretty much in a good spot. Uh, but he did say that they, and he openly admitted, we missed the mark on, on Elsa. We, we shot yep. a little too high. We missed the mark. She kind of landed a bit higher than we wanted her. Um, he said that a, a few times, like three or four times. So that is an indication that I, she will be changed. I agree with the man. I think that understanding the package of like Triple M with Loki is like a totally different Loki than release day Loki. Yes. Um, but then, honestly, Elsa, if you increase her cost by one, if you cut her power down by two, or if you changed her ability down by one, like I'm still playing her. Yeah. It's still not even a question to me. I still play her. So that's like how much more powerful how pushed she is right now do you think she could be a one one plus one and that'd be fine like it, yeah like that, i think that in my mind that's where like she would go down a lot more in power level um but be a lot easier to squeeze in fiona you played a lot of elsa because you play balance and stuff and you love kitty pride i played a lot so. of elsa um i think that would be too much if i'm being honest i i think that Elsa as a as a two two plus two or even a three two plus two, maybe would be a better mark because um, it's not like I win every single game with my Elsa True. bounce decks. I probably win depending on the deck like six uh, like fifty eight to sixty five percent of the games, depending on the variation, and that's high. That is that is on the high end, but um, like, and I mean. But it, it, it's not the high end. I mean, right now I was able to beat out, like, I, and like 
um, I beat Chris too, who was, um, I believe, a, a, like a Team Impulse, one of their um, recent tournament winners last Friday, playing, who was playing an Elsa um, Loki deck, playing my Loki, just like, I'm sorry, Elsa straight bounce deck. Because um, I just went taller. I just went taller. It goes so tall right now. But I'm, even while it goes taller, there are a lot of games, like in that matchup, or sometimes even against Hela going off, that like, I'm barely scraping by when I get those wins. So I think mm -hmm. that by reducing Elsa to a plus two, I think that you would see um, Elsa would still be a very highly competitive deck. I would still play her, no question, like Teddy said. But I don't think she, I think that she would no longer be so overpowered that um, it would be like Lammy said on Friday, where like if Lammy said, if you're not playing Elsa uh, in a tournament, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and I right. think. I think that's probably true right now, for the most part. I think there's very few decks that counter Elsa, and I think it's Elsa or counter for tournaments. And then I think, um, but I think if you drop it to a plus two, then I think that Elsa won't be, uh, I wouldn't be able to go tall enough to easily handle those like other really decks that just throw out absurd amounts of power when they go off. So I think that uh, that personally, I, I think would be enough, but also, Maybe not, like, maybe they make her a 2-2 two, two plus 2, maybe it's still not good enough, they make her a 3-2 two plus 2, I don't know. Yeah, she is um, mm -hmm. top 20 win rate card in the game, and she's mm -hmm. the number one win rate card with a meta share of over 20%. Mm, that's so interesting. She's, she's up there for the stats of just, like, what I'm seeing on Snap.Fan. Yeah. I think it's, if I were to give her a fix, I would have her join her sisters and Kitty Pride and Angela as a zero power card. Yeah. Um, and then just plus two. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair, honestly. That's where I right. would go. I mean, if you're, if you're just looking at her currently, right, if you get one trigger, she's a two five, which that's yep. lizard without the downside, which is already like lizard gets played. And then if you get two triggers, she's a two eight, which is crazy. And so if you brought it down to where like you had to get two or three triggers, cause it's not unheard of to get even more than three triggers. Right. No, to then get her on the power line of these She others. gets really oh, crazy with things like cloning vats and stuff. I got like, so many That triggers. too, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even without with Elsa, it's more like, for me, it's like 5 to 10 triggers in the deck. I had a 27 power Jeff off of cloning vats, <laughs> Elsa Madness. It was like, mm -hmm. the canonical hero is here. This is how strong he is, my friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep, I've lost Truly that plenty times. Yep. Um, yeah. She's also been in part a reason that Vision's been seeing a lot more play and of course Elias Which, is helping that as well but yeah, her yeah, buffing yeah. vision have another option to move him out and giving Nightcrawler a brief resurgence as well I think that's yep. great for the game in a lot of these cards especially for those that wanted to use the new uh, Twitch drop they got a month ago for Nightcrawler mm -hmm. I think that's great right. but yeah she could use some, some tuning down but to go back yeah. to Fiona's original question with mm. Nico being worth one uh, or just whatever I wrote a wonderful article you can all check out. I'm not going to go over here. There's another video that I did with Wolverthor on YouTube. You can go check it out. Link in the description where we go over this article in detail for 50 minutes. That's mm. right. Basically a podcast episode all about the article and Nico in general. Essentially, the things I go over briefly in this are going to be why she's so good, where she can see play, um, and you know what's going to make her the best card uh, of this month. And my biggest thing is her utility she can be played in 30% of your games. Because, Teddy, I'm sure with all the games you play with the Thanos list, 
um, which yep. we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, yep. How often do you think you play her, like every game? With Thanos, it's less, right, because of uh, the nature the of the beast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I don't know how often I was getting her to the board. I also, so I only got... Hmm. Is it going to tell me what my recent play rate was for my deck on untapped? I didn't get that much of a sample size, but I'm probably I mean, playing you, her only you, like 10 to 20%. You've played nearly 100 games from what we saw. Was that? You've played nearly 100 games. You're 51 and 29. Yeah, so that's with that deck, but I only had a couple hours with um, Nico in there. I just kept the same name and then I added, I cut ah, okay. Shang-Chi to run Nico, and mm-hmm. then it's it's bleeding my stats over. So yeah, I have oh, a 63.7% okay, yeah. win rate at the top 200 of ranked. So it's pretty good, very uh-huh. competitive sample size. The deck gets it done and Nico gets it done just as well as the version of my deck that had Shang-Chi in it. Well, so this will be a really good deck and for the next uh, couple of days after this podcast comes out. You'll, get a wallet You'll see a lot of mirror it. matches, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> before the meta we, adapts. Yes. We, uh, so like Nico in general is a card that I feel is the best perfect glue piece and utility piece of any deck she goes in. Thanos oh, is yeah. a perfect home because what's better, because this is why I've always said Iron Lad was amazing at Thanos um, before people started playing Iron Lad and Thanos, which never made sense to me why they didn't. It took them forever. And I was right. pounding the tingle for months. So I'm like, yeah, if you Iron Lad and you hit a stone, which is the worst hit in your deck, it's just a 4-6 that says draw a card, do a thing. That would see play. That would yep. see play, and it'd be a meta staple if there was a 4-6 that just draw a card and gain an energy or whatever, like getting a time stone. Oh, yeah. Or a 4-6 that just afflicts your opponent's board by one. That's just a uh, not a better man thing, but, I mean, I actually probably would be because it's not, you know, both players, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at with Nico of being such a great card and a great glue piece because being a one drop, the opportunity cost is so low of just being oh, able yeah. to fit her into so many different lines of play. And the fact that her spells rotate doesn't mean she's a one cost you want to play on one. She could be a one cost you don't play until turn six. But that extra right. plus two power, for example, can be incredibly impactful. Or if you have a Sanctum Santorum and you can't get into it, well, guess what? It looks like you got the move part, so you just shift over to the right amazing like she right you get the you get the old blue stone back kind of you have another location changer you can change a stone into a demon which is a nice buff the stealth super winner here is the copy the card you played back to hand if you're hitting elsa or you're hitting a card that got buffed by elsa oh my goodness the you know multiple jeff's the multiple elsa's is like a game over right there so yeah if you want If, for those who haven't played with Nico, if do you know the spell while Nico's in your hand, or is it not until yes. Nico hits? Okay, so when Nico's in your hand, it says like cast a spell, and then you like click to see the correct spell that would be yes. The one she has that a very now. She's a very interesting and new user interface where she's okay. going to show between the cost and the power a icon for what mm-hmm. spell it is, and if you click on the card, her text has already updated to what that spell is going to be. Okay. Um, so yes, her so. base card is only active in hand, and then when she's on the board, she's going to have the text of any of one of these spells. Okay, okay. Great. Thank you. Yep. 
Yeah, so and you're talking about the copy thing. Here's another oh. list in which copy yes. is great. Yes. Do you know how also, often the meta is wide that. open? There's no armor. Yes. There's no Cosmo. You can just roll people. Do you know how often today, just in my limited testing in this list, I'm just like turn one. Nico has the copy thing, and I copy X23, play X23 on uh, on one and two, and then just start destroying oh, and just going man. ham. I my favorite was I got the so copy silly. on the Hulkbuster coming down on X23, yep. and then I rolled from there. It was nuts. Mm. Yeah, this is awesome. This so list is almost pool three and below, except for Nico. Um, yeah, and then null, right? And then null. So do you think this list works for those of us who don't have null without null? Yeah, absolutely. I think you, um, Noel I just put in because Nico creates it so X23 feels a bit better to me um, to where I can justify Noel or at least I'm hitting X23 more often or copying her and stuff. Um, just because yeah. I played the, the list originally didn't have Noel and I was playing it without it, but I noticed so many games in a row where I'm just like, if I have Nico in X23, I'm getting copies or like just killing me. Like it felt more consistent in that way. So that's why I added him. Personally, you don't need him. You can do a simple thing of dropping him for like a Nova, for example, right? To just you know be that more blanket buff um, across the board. Yep. Nova's um, fine. Bucky yep. honestly is a little underrated. I think he's yeah. fine as well. Mm. Um, and then depending on your meta pocket, maybe Death is not working up against all the Triple M. Juice it up with the Lady Death Strike and say goodbye to the enemy Elsa's and oh, the enemy what that have too. you. That, then you wouldn't be budget again. But yeah, right. right. Mm -hmm. And Teddy, your your deck, I think, had Alioth and Iron Lad and Thanos as well. So that was a little bit also more of a higher tier yeah. uh, card stack. Yes, I, my destroy deck also has Iron Lad, Lady Deathstrike. Mm -hmm. We're the whales over here, Team Teddy. We just got uh, collection complete. We bought wow. Chat Made Me Cave and get Living Tribunal to be able to run a deck. Wow. And then I climbed Ooh. 100 ranks wow. off of Hello Tribunal and it was just Hold pff, on. fireworks. Mm. This is a wonderful, wonderful little thing we have to celebrate. I have to do it in the correct way. Where is it? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Collection complete, everyone. Collection complete. Team Teddy. Team Teddy is collection complete. So, so proud of you. Finally joining yeah. us over here. Thank you. Thank us you. Us as in me, singular yeah. myself and I. I'm, so. Not me, because, you know, me asking these questions. Uh, what about those people like myself who don't have uh, certain cards? No, it's an excellent question. And a lot of these decks can really just side grade into mm. something. And it's a little bit of like a meta reader, mm. a personal preference as to why we're using some of the newer cards. Yep. And you can do just as well, well in something else. Like I got comments on a lot mm -hmm. of when I was running this deck, what do you run instead of Nimrod? Mm -hmm. Well, you just run um, you run the, the Red Skull to be able to yes. get that Shuri power up. And then I also had a Zola in mind. You can do Taskmaster off of that as a good side grade there. Those two coming in together, it does fine. Hmm. Uh young person question so what exactly is the 1980 pontiac firebird oh brad is so happy that you asked it is a car <laughs> it is a it is just a funny looking vehicle um let me just let me move this and i will deck wise well side, side note to the deck why did the human torch win who voted for this card i wanted shang chi <laughs> I wanted Shang-Chi so too. Bad. It was so cute. Well, yeah. I guess the thing that... Um, I heard an interesting argument against my argument. So my argument for Shang-Chi was mostly that um, 
it's not pool three, so it's not like yes. you then have to draw the same card later and waste that like thank you action things um, also just like in terms of like iconic cards for the entire ooh. lifespan of marvel snap yeah, it's jane chi played probably i imagine must be like top 20 or something like that yes. and rate decks um yes. this card does look cool yeah it, it's mostly just That's like I, i'm not a car guy by any means um it's got wheels and like it, it's got hood. wheels it I'm, i assume it has an engine though this one in particular very well might not have an engine uh, <laughs> no 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 it, it, it looks oh, no, it it's looks got cool an engine sometimes i mean sometimes if if this was in like a museum or something i don't know where because yeah, it's yeah. a collectible motor thingy nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah yeah so it's possible that this just wouldn't have an engine but yeah sure. it's it's just a it's just a classic car it's funny um, and yeah, and so how do you drive your 1980 Pontiac Firebird in terms of Marvel Snap? Uh, yeah, how do you like drive the this deck? Line is uh, two things. In this case, it's Shuri into either Nimrod and to kill the Nimrod once or twice, uh, if possible. Or it's uh, you know you kill that multiple man, you get Shuri on the Phoenix Force pulling the multiple man back, and then you mm. Ghost Spider ideally that, um, and otherwise you just move it around. Um, or the Human Torch. So it looks like you, you can torture Carnage. Because can Nico be a second move trigger? Is there any other move trigger here besides Ghost Spider? Yeah, it's it's only Nico mm -hmm. um, at the moment yep. in this particular one that I've been running. Um, I used to run the, in addition to Nimrod, I actually used to run, uh, what's it called? Um, Taskmaster and Red Skull as well. Yep. Just because yeah. I'm like, if I'm running Shuri, I might as well have a you know an, another plan B to like you know go into that kind of thing. Um, but mm -hmm. I found in my testing, preparing for Nico's release when I was writing the article, um, I was trying this list um, where instead of Nico here was uh, Hulkbuster, and um, it felt really good. It felt pretty consistent, and it still does now. Nico in this list is essentially, in my mind, um, three effects that you really want. Uh, though the copy one has been pretty nice on occasion, like if you do Human Torch thing um, or whatever. Um, but it would be Forge's effect, giving plus two, right? Um, it would either be the most nutty one, which especially if you get on turn one, is the destroy the next card you play, draw two, because then it's it helps you that's, dig into that's your my combo, um, just does the job of the deck of killing multiple man or Human Torch, and get you closer to finding Phoenix Force. Um, yeah. Or, of course, there's the move to the right, um, which is fine. It's perfectly good with, like, uh, Multiple Man, for example, because uh, there are plenty of times where I will go, like, on three. Um, I'll go into, like, Ghost Spider uh, Carnage on three. So, like, move the Multiple Man, get that value now, and then kill the, uh, the clone that's left behind of Multiple Man, and then go to turn four of Phoenix Force. That's something I do a lot. Originally, the cut was Ghost Spider when I was making my article in preparation for this, but then I just I kept running at the lines of like, uh, she's another glue piece of just being really good. Uh, yeah. It wasn't me; it was my opponent. I that was it was like a mirror match. My opponent had, uh, onto the final turn they did the Nimrod stuff right in the late game. They didn't have a Phoenix Force play, but they went they had Nimrod, and they were able to do Venom. Uh, Carnage, Ghost Spider, in which yep. the Carnage was actually sitting over on Bar with No Name to kill the second uh, Nimrod one over there, and then the yep. Ghost Spider pulled that away 
and uh, made me lose Bar with No Name because I was winning Baxter Building. I can't tell you how many times I've lost cubes to somebody playing. So I'm playing against them, right, with my uh, Loki deck with Cosmo. They play Shuri Nimrod. I get the Cosmo down, and then they use the Ghost Spider to reposition the Nimrod and still play Carnage Venom. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think Ghost Spider is kind of anti-tech for the, specifically this deck. Um, yeah. For... Brad, you use the term glue a lot, which I find interesting because everyone uses different terms um, when it comes to describing things. Could you explain why you use that term? Um, I use it because it is... Uh, it's a term I've used a lot in other games as well because it's easy to look at game plans or lines in which you're trying to determine how a deck's supposed to work, right? But mm -hmm. in a perfect world or I mean, a, a perfect world doesn't exist where you're playing these games. Variance catches up with you and you're not going to be able to have those lines you always want. And even if you build a deck, whether it's in any, any gar, uh, card game, whether it's Magic, whether it's Snap or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, you could have the perfect sequence of uh, you know, cards in terms of the number you're playing to make it so you have the highest probability of going into a nice clean curve of on one, two, and three, etc. But you're going to have games where that doesn't come to fruition. And it's nice to have cards like Nico um, to where the opportunity cost, especially in the context of Marvel Snap, being a one cost is so low to be able to sneak in to a lot of different plays. One example I use in the uh, article was um, uh, Silver Surfer. And basically yeah. my thinking with Silver Surfer was the idea that oftentimes... You're going to do a lot, have a lot of games where on four, you just don't have a one drop to go with it. Because typically in most Silver Surfer lists, you're only running really like either Forge or like Nova, right? As your yeah. one drops. And you yeah. don't always have those available to just drop on four. So you might just be playing a three drop and then call it a day, which oftentimes can suck because you want to be able to make use of your energy unless you're a Haivo deck. So. I refer to it as glue because that missing, the the missing potential that you had there, and that energy you're floating, or the mana you're not using in magic or whatever, and being able to fill it with something else, is brings your win percentage up substantially in the in the games where you are able to make use of your energy efficiently versus the ones you don't. And it's very simple that that one or two little changes of lines to where it's the entire difference of your game. So that's why I call it a glue. It, it holds your game plan together and makes sure that like, you know, it's able to keep continuously running smoothly so you don't run into these hiccups and speed bumps. So yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. And so you said playing Silver Surfer on, on four though? Well, not Surfer himself. I just mean like oh, a sorry. three drop. A three drop on four. Right, okay, right. that makes way more sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, um, <laughs> uh, as a tangent for the deck that we're looking at right now, number one, it's heresy that this doesn't have brood. Number mm -hmm. two, Nico buff a card by two will not get the brood links. It will only get brood. That is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, That's really interesting because Forge does get the brood links. Do you know yeah. why that the, is? The timing is different on yeah. Nico. Yeah. Nico okay. waits for the card to officially resolve completely. Mm -hmm. And okay. then adds her effect. Whereas That's Forge and the other, these other cards that do similar things 
allow um, the card to be hit or uh, affected while it's face down and then flip up and do it. That's very good to know. And I mean, there's also a world with Nico in this deck. I mean, it's occasional, but there's a world where you get Nico later and you've got Sarah out and then on turn five you drop. Um, maybe even two drop, but more likely you drop two, three drops and Nico and like you're able to, you yeah. know, have a copy of is is does the copy hit the board or does it go to no your hand? it goes to hand like oh never mind yeah. so never mind then but it it would allow mm -hmm. you to copy something like a surfer if you played nico surfer on five yep. into second surfer on six it's true pretty spicy it's true which would help yeah. brood mm -hmm. so, cool. so to answer your question teddy about the uh the heresy of brood not being in this deck <laughs> it wasn't a, a question it was a statement there, but there, yeah there's a reason <laughs> he's not is because this is version one that really isn't version one this is okay, version okay. two version gotcha. one is version two this is the first one i made and this the guy's got the where this is the perfect segue one. into werewolf yeah so it's like it's werewolf it's running sebastian shaw where i'm looking really far ahead into december um, this is uh this is the deck i cannot wait to run once we get there um yep. so that's why there's no brew in the other one. I kind of scaled back a little bit. In addition gotcha. to the lack of that interaction with uh, Nico, was yeah, a consideration yeah. as to why um, I didn't put brew in the other one as well. Uh, sure. just, you know, I, I really wanted to see like how this move synergy would really uh, work and how effective it is with like Cra Craven and all that good stuff. Gotcha. So you're actually this, like very seriously considering that Nico is going to move just move a card to give you that uh, Craven buff. Potentially, yeah, and like yeah. it doesn't hurt that it's not it's there. Um, and honestly, like the idea of like this kind of uh, co combination of some move synergies because there's like as you can see on the screen a lot of different three drops that just do move things. So that werewolf, Spider Man, exactly, Jeff, Polaris, guys, it's loading up. Silk really easy to work in here. I think werewolf. Yeah, Werewolf has been wearing the crown as the Theorycraft King to beat this month. Coming out last, everybody's getting hyped up. People got pretty hyped up early mm. on as you know, Ben Brode was donning the uh, mm. the Werewolf skin. I think he's going to be very good. I, I think, think it's going to be, be fun so to have fun. Yes, yeah. a surfer deck that's back in the mix. A surfer move deck, too. And there's so many yes. powerful little combos there. Like, um, the hybrid. I mean, obviously, like, you want Craven in this deck. But yes. there's also going to be some other interesting combinations, I think, as well. Oh, 100%. Um, because in Surfer's heyday, it was so mm -hmm. strong, it was bringing in a Doctor Strange Vulture yeah. deck as well. And so, like, just a true, like, even more, you can lean even yeah. more into move. And for now, sure. Doctor Strange Vulture. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, also, like, if you need to, you know, Storm... Uh, yep. jug like you pull it back there and make it able to exactly. go off and like uh or even you storm into ghost you have it on the no that would work no right i'm just thinking i'm trying to think ahead but i'm just excited to read this article <laughs> i don't want you to read Red, you got the the soap boxes boxes set up yep so i'm so happy that you guys mentioned things of like the deck wanting craven and wanting silk and stuff like that with uh werewolf by night this goes perfectly into what I was trying to say in the article, and this goes for philosophy and just a little tangent for all cards. Too often, 
players focus entirely too much on the synergistic qualities of a card and the cards that exist already in the game are looking forward. My favorite example to give is the wonderful Sebastian Shaw, which we will see in December. He is, for those who don't know, a 3-3 that says whenever he permanently gains power, things like Ironheart, Okoye, Nakia, uh, no matter where he is, he gains an additional plus two power. Of course, that's subject to change. Because it's data mined, he could be different moving forward or whatever. He's also a season pass card, so I could actually envision him getting only plus one extra because kind of has remnants of Elsa, like, ooh, maybe that's a little bit too good. Um, and no, no, maybe he's going to be good. They, they need to make him good. But people, when this card comes out, and I know, Teddy, you're going to try it. I'll try it. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, going to yeah. try it. Of just a stupid deck where it's Ironheart, Okoye, Nakia, Nova, Killmonger, like all these cards that are just, you're really trying to make him work. But that's yep. not the deck that's going to be good with him. It's just not. No, it'll get distilled out to something else. Yeah, and you know what's probably going to be the case? It's probably going to be a deck in which there's two cards that, you know, actually, you know, effectively buff him or really right. affect him. And, or like Silver Silver Surfer, for example. Um, there's Surfer, yep. there's Nico, there's Forge. Those are three cards in that deck that actually buff him and make use of his effect. And I would argue that that's enough. He's a good enough card to make use of those limited synergistic qualities, and that's fine. Yep. You don't need to go all in. The same thing with Werewolf. I think it's just nice, and it's a fun theorycraft on my end to do this kind of idea with all the move stuff. But with Werewolf, I think at the end of the day, what's going to make him great is the fact that you don't need to jam him in with a bunch of, like, Craven or, like, move synergies to really make use of that. Though, I'm sure they'll go together and it'll be perfectly fine, right? What's going to make him sure. so effective is just the simple fact that, like, what, 75% of cards in Marvel Snap are on reveals? Mm-hmm. Right. He's just, just going to get a pretty good get base efficiency. And bigger and bigger. Like, he doesn't, yeah. like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's like you don't need that much to make that package work. He's just going to fit in well, which is, I, I oh, yeah. like your Silver Surfer tick, too, because it's, you know, he's just going to be a staple three drop for so many reasons. Like, um, I don't think he's going to be like Jeff, but I do think he's going to be a staple three drop. And yeah. Uh-huh. And I do think that, um, you know, but like you were saying with Silver Server and Move too, it's like you could do a, a just a like Vulture, Doctor Strange, Synergistic Core in there or something like that. Ooh. But you don't need Heimdall. Like you don't, you right. don't need Heimdall for Werewolf and Vulture. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm with mm-hmm. you for sure, Brad, on like the going like, if the deck is all in on him, can that win? Like if it mm-hmm. doesn't win, you should not pan the card. The, yeah. the deck that's completely built around that card is not necessarily the best deck that's going to include that card. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the slight flip side is that the faithful have been rewarded a couple times recently with decks that go all in on these new releases, like all in on Loki did work. Oh, for sure. All in on Elsa did work. Oh, so sure. it's well, worth trying. Thing. Was it really all in on Loki? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. Let me like think about it. Yes, I because have. My win rate with Loki is like astronomically higher than when I don't draw. <laughs> There's a difference between going all in on a card versus having an established deck that just needed that extra piece. Well, I do think, that right. Nico, you're seeing the same thing, honestly. I mean, the decks we looked at with, for example, the Thanos deck that we saw and the Phoenix Force deck that we saw, those are decks that have been kind of struggling in the meta lately, but are really good cores. 
And Nico yeah. just, like you said, it's the glue. So I do think that with a Nico and a werewolf, something you need to look at is you don't necessarily need to build a deck around them. I think they're not cards that you necessarily build the deck around, um, yeah. especially Nico because it's so inconsistent. You can't be like, I'm going to build it around hitting this specific effect from mm -hmm. Nico. But you, you do find that deck that already exists that they slot in well to and you put them in and then um, when you see them, I do think the win percentage goes up a lot. That said, with Loki, I do think that I, I do think with Loki it was very much like you build around making this happen, this one line. But with Nico and Werewolf, you don't necessarily build around one line that involves them or like one thing happening that involves them so much as you just slot them into a deck which was good but not amazing, and then it can become amazing. Man, I'm yeah. still loving the. Uh werewolf into Dagon plus blade brad like just the good cards uh, slam them down good cards on reveal man it's gonna look good yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun mm. and like it's again one of those cards where i think i think nico is sneakily gonna be the best card of the month besides elsa um yeah but i do think that werewolf has the best floor for a card I think Nico has. No, some... they, Nico can play with Werewolf too, so I think oh, yeah, we're going to see a lot of hybrids there. Yeah, um, it, oh, yeah. but that's that's the that's my point in saying that Werewolf is going to be has the higher floor, because yeah, yeah. again, the barrier of entry isn't he should be with you know cards that want to move. The barrier of entry is just he should be in a deck that has some on reveals, and that's yep. a much easier one to accomplish. Will. If I play Nico's like clone a card spell and then I play Werewolf, will Werewolf jump to Nico? Or like if I play Forge into Werewolf, will he jump to Forge? Do we know? Wait. Well, he moves to the location of the on reveal happening. It's after you play an on reveal. I guess not, right? Because I played the on reveal on the previous turn. I think And then so. I'm playing him. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's... So even though the on reveal is affecting him, it triggered previously. Right, yeah. Oh, you're okay. saying like if you played Nico into him? On the same turn, right? Will he oh, jump back to her? on the same turn, no. Because okay. the on reveal happens... Well, that that's interesting because the timing thing with... Um... What's it called with Brood, for example? The reason Brood doesn't right. work, like we said, is the fact that Brood has to flip up on reveal and then she affects it. Now, is that yep. her on reveal triggering at that point, or is it just the, her effect triggering? Because there's a difference. So if it's her we, on reveal yeah, trigger at that point, then Werewolf would work with her on the same turn. My guess is it will not work, but it is. It was. It, I hadn't thought about it before. It's interesting. Yeah, it might I work. don't think it'll work, but. I think they will be strong cards going in a similar deck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, I love the comics. Oh, I just like, I love these it's so, good. so much. It is very cute. He's just, he's just a little guy. Yeah. He, he he's not hurting nobody. Ignore the bodies behind him. He's, he's yeah. innocent. Yeah. He's just, you know, very excited to see you. Uh, and we got the classic <laughs> variant. But overall, here's the actual spotlight. I know, Fiona, you touched on it as well of uh, just, you know, Silk and Ghost Rider being great pickups and everything. And, of course, it makes yeah. sense they're all in the spotlight together. They all work with one another. Um, so, mm -hmm. comparatively speaking, between this week's with Nico and then next week, I don't think it's even a conversation, right? Am I, am I, am I wrong for assuming that this one is by far the better of the two? 
You're getting werewolf and you're getting silk, baby. Silky smooth is just an evergreen now in Snap. Yeah. Um, obviously, here's the thing. If you did not have Kitty, I actually mm. put, that, that's the caveat, right? If you didn't mm. have Kitty, which is a very small minority of players, but if you didn't, I would collect Kitty before Silk and yeah. really go in on the Nico pack. But if you do have Kitty, which is the vast majority of people, and then the other option of collecting is that Phoenix Force, Silk is way better than Phoenix Force. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Silk is way yeah. better than Phoenix Force. Ghost Spider is going to be fun in a lot of these decks. Um, it's, yes. it's, um, I think it's always going to be a fun card and, yeah. and may not be as powerful as Silk, but it's strong. I think if you do have the season pass and you don't have Kitty, then that's also, again, another like no-brainer tick to get the Kitty, that said. But, right. Yeah. And for just... people who are, like, spreading their wings in terms of collection, mm -hmm. I would recommend don't get derailed on any of the new stuff. Make sure that you're getting your Jeff, your Iron Lad, um, as, like, those high series cards that they don't seem to be dropping ever. Like, make sure you get those rather than deviating for resources on this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think that these... These cards, it's nice also that they are so synergistic and you don't always get that from spotlight caches. But True. Yeah, they're very thematic this month and I love mm -hmm. that. I think it's more helpful for people who want to get into playing a specific deck archetype who are like, I, I, yeah, and I think it also makes it easier to rotate the cards effectively and say like, yep. you know, these move cards, these destroy cards, etc. <laughs> they got more null variants that they're just pumping out. <laughs> pumping out <laughs> i do think though that to your point teddy about like the caveat of if you have kitty or if you don't have kitty um yeah. i do think if you're really interested in the silky smooth uh, archetype and you don't have kitty pride i could see a world in which you kind of cut the kitty uh angela version of that deck and you opt yes. to run things like ghost spider and maybe like iron fist just to have a yes. couple extra on reveals and you throw in werewolf in which case, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a fantastic pickup over Kitty. If so, I guess my caveat to your caveat is: Do you really want to play Silky Smooth? It does. Yeah, Silky Smooth has enough uh, different flavors that mm. it, it can certainly function without the Kitty Pride. There was that world where we were playing everything was Wave Eliath or Wave Doctor Doom, and that completely cut Kitty. But then if you bring in the Mobius, you can kind of bring the Kitty back, and it's you hem and haw over what you want. But the core is Silk Craven Angela. I mean, I just Jeff. love being able to do the. Uh, that's the one thing I haven't seen people do is the uh, the Mobius and Wave in the same deck lately, and I'm just oh, like, yeah, that why? Was so, that was so, so wonderful. That was so yeah. wonderful at first, and yeah. Hmm. Well, now I know. What also, I if you've got playing. a really cool uh, Jean Grey variant, that's the deck for you. Mm. Well, now I know what I'm going to be playing this week. It's going to be Wave Mobius 100%. Let's go. All right. Do we want to close with uh, at least a little quick roundabout of uh, OTA predictions or hopes or desires? Moving, looking forward to the end. Of the week? Mm, yeah, let's do like our number one as our as our closing here. My number one is. I still, I don't have it within reach. Punisher, Punisher, please. <laughs> I've always got the headbands, so I really want to see Punisher, and then I think it would have to come tangentially with a uh, Captain America improvement. And I hear all the voices of why it shouldn't happen, of like, they don't want to change the new player experience, they want these cards to be replaceable. It's like, guys, they made Medusa good. They yeah. can make Captain America, and they can make Punisher good too, okay? Mm. We can live in a world happily where these cards are playable. 
Can and what would you do? I would cut the base power and improve the abilities. So I'd probably go to three zeros with then plus two on both the abilities. That way you get synergy with Bast and you get better synergy with Onslaught. Hmm. Which, again, for like the new player experience, right, if it's Bast that's really unlocking their potential is something that opens up later on in the series. So the new player experience stays very similar. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I have uh, two ones I'd like to see. Uh, one is uh, the Electro one. I think we've talked about this, mm. but I yes, think it yes. needs to be a 2-2. Two, two. I mean, and it needs to get rid of a two-cost card. And if you do that, then incredible. you can deal with... And then if you can do that, then I think people will be griping less about Mobius and uh Isn't it spelled with a K? Uh, yeah, it's a K. It's spelled with a K. Oh, yeah, I'm it's spelled with a K. I'm just I got you. Going like, hello? No Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah, if yeah. it was destroy a two cost card, a two two, like that, just is such a fun anti tech tech card, and I would enjoy yes. it immensely. Um, the rumor was started because there was a card preview video that spoiled a bunch of OTAs, and in that video, if you look at their collection, Electra is not in the spot she should be with the one costs. Yeah. We don't see where she is, but the immediate assumption was she got moved to a two two stat line, and then was impacting an opposing two-cost card. Right now, people are running Lady Deathstrike, of all things, <laughs> to be able to suppress the, how powerful the two-costs are. Oh, right. So if we just had another, a little assassin in here. And, I, and a more accessible assassin, too. Yes, um, thank you. Thank I would you. love an accessible assassin. Um, my other... Hmm, in Snap, right? In Snap, definitely what I meant. Uh-huh, 100%. <laughs> uh, the other ones that I think would be fun, I uh, would be, I'd love to see Viper uh, as a one-drop. I'd love to see Viper mm. as something that can be replayable and super fun, nasty fun, fun. very quickly. Because um, Hood is so good in uh, bounds. Because yeah, Hood but... is so good in bounds. What if you had Viper? Like, I don't know. What if you had these decks where you're junking them that you were able to do it multiple times? Um, like, I'd love to, yeah. to play around with a junk bounce deck in some, some fashion. It would have to be careful, but it could be very, very fun, I think. Um, for sure. And then I also think that my, my final one would be Uatu, 1-3. You see it, even if it's in your deck, uh, you see the location. <laughs> just make them a little bit more interesting. The 1-1 one, one is just like, I don't know, it's a slap yeah. in the face. 1-2, one, one uh, either a 1-2 or a 1-3 works wherever, wherever, even in deck. Like As long as you have this in your deck, you can see the, the right location. That would be my my opinion. Especially if it's if it's only the right location, let's make that a one three. Let's make it a one three or a one two. You can see both locations at the start of the game. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brad? I have one that uh, Glenn said that they're interested in doing. It's Captain Marvel. Oh no! Another change. So, two of the lines that he was interested in was um, making her a three three or a three four mm. was one option and the other which I find to be way more interesting and I just want to see it even though I think it's going to be bad if they do it but I'm very interested in trying it he listed a six ten as the other option I should have said it I was lit- I was about to say is it six ten yeah wouldn't wow. that be sick it would be sick that would be then she'd truly one. be coming in like higher, further, faster, baby. Hits a little different as a 610. Oh, yeah. Also, That's I, wild. I, I bought this. I, I want to use it. Come on now. 
You can with El- here's the thing is Elsa makes current Captain Marvel good. Elsa would make like current Elsa would make a three three Captain Marvel really good. Like scary. Yeah, I have seen that. That's a good point. Or I have seen Elsa hit Captain Marvel a couple of times. And I think yeah. that you're right about the three three would make it much more doable. I think honestly, um I think it doesn't pay- pan off right now with Elsa even. So, I have no other changes. I mean, I guess I kind of. Yeah, I still yeah. want to see Scorpion as a one-one, mm. but no, I don't need to see any more Scorpion. We I've love seen the enough Scorpion for my entire life. We are... <laughs> I mean, we'll, no, okay. stop being think toxic. Of, think of the balance deck that runs Darkhawk and runs Korg and the new buffed Black Widow. We, yes, yes. And then you have Widow Scorpion into Scorpion. And just, just bounce it Widow into Widow. Scorpion. Oh my yeah. god, that would be so nasty. You could still run Widow Scorpion right now. Mm-hmm. That's fine, Brad. You can do yeah, that. Yeah, but that that's significantly worse, and I want your pain to be, you know, as much <laughs> as my pain is now when I'm trying to run the 2-2 two, two, and the 2-1. I want the 1-1. Yeah. One, Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so it is true that the beast change made it way harder to combo those mid-cost cards. You're really only bouncing the ones now rather than twos mm. the monkey change as well made it harder for bounce. like the mm. lines for bounce have changed dramatically from what they used to be what's the beast so, change um, beast when it used to be a two two oh, uh, okay, was just okay. so much easier to combo into yeah. all of these you could seriously consider bouncing your two costs way more often than you do now okay okay yeah for sure <laughs> how long ago was that now like it was a while, but man, you could play like Widow and then bounce it. You could play Scorpion and bounce it so early in the game that it was just coming right back and the repeat affliction was nuts. Luke, maybe Luke Cage wasn't even in the game then, so it was like truly heartbreaking to no, get hit Luke by this Cage kind was. of combo. Luke Cage was in that initial drop in uh, November last year, that first oh, okay, big okay. dump of cards. Gotcha, but he was not played. No, he was also a 2-1 when he was dropped. That's true, yes. So was Hazmat way back in the day. That was the other thing is you could Three beast Hazmat. One, I could beast. C1s, let's go. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's All right. There's no too. bast. Uh, what a time to be a snapper. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my. Brad's losing it. He's going down memory lane and he's like, the game was insane. How are we even having fun? Back <laughs> it's in like, my obviously, day. these things are broken. Yeah. It, it's. I would be interested in seeing like uh, certain changes um, or certain, you know, cards in their previous state. And how they would fare now, especially changing from the like tech, a year ago. The tech cards are so built up and more accessible, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be really interesting. There's so much delicate balance, and they're changing stuff all the time. So I think it's they keep on stirring the pot. Some of these things that we're talking about are going to come back to the top. Oh, absolutely. Cycle back down. I love it. All right, I love it. So two things. One, I didn't mention this before, but I have to just because it's burning a hole in my mind. Fiona, you asked why this is also an interesting card. Uh, this is this is a uh, this is Kit from Knight Rider. Is the other thing, which is a very old TV show starring uh, David Hasselhoff, and uh, that that's it. That's the whole thing. It's just that's why it's iconic. It's like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. It's a, it's an iconic car based on like a movie or a show. That is it. That's why it's funny to me. But otherwise, more DeLorean importantly, Kit. Uh. No, well, sorry. DeLorean is the... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I do, I do, and I do know both references. Okay. But... <laughs> God, you feel like a dick. <laughs> All right. So, I know they're not the same car. Don't worry. <laughs> Fiona, you have a wonderful announcement to make. I do. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You have the Thank floor. You. The floor is yours. Take it away. 
Yeah, so I'm organizing my first uh, Marvel Snap tournament, and currently we have a $300 prize pool, with, uh, prize pool which we are hoping will expand, um, and it's a tournament fundraiser. So we have a bunch of cool people coming to play on November 11th and 12th at 8 p.m. CEST, both days, start time. Day one will be Swiss, six rounds, max 15 minutes between them, so max six hours. Day two will be top eight. We will do the top, the first round of that simultaneously, live covering one of the games. We will then live cover both of the top four games and the finals. And in post, we will cover the other top eight games and then upload our YouTube videos, including that. Um, so this is a wonderful opportunity if you're a streamer um, or if you're another content creator for Marvel Snap and you want to participate, give me a, a direct message on Discord. I'm Fiona Shade Stories, capitalized each word. Um, you can find me on Twitch and you can find my Discord off of that, Fiona Shade Stories. You can DM me on Twitter um, to get involved because I would absolutely love to have you if you would like to um, support it in other ways. Basically, this is a tournament fund charity fundraiser for the Trans Lifeline Project. Um, and the Trans Lifeline Project is really, really personally important to me. Um, they are a hotline for suicide prevention, specifically by and for uh, trans people and trans, uh, helping offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. Uh, so it's not just a suicide hotline, but that's, you know, there's their hotline. And it's unlike any other peer support line of comparable volume because it is a trans operated. So you're able to call and talk to people who really understand what you're going through. Um, and also they will never engage in non-consensual active rescue, which is to say they will never call the police or paramedics to one's house without explicit consent from the person on the phone, um, which statistically uh, when that happens for trans people and disabled people and people of color leads to more suicides than not. Um, and so, and leads to other worse healthcare outcomes. And so basically this is in line for people to call if you're trans and you're really struggling and you need somebody to talk to and you need to not be afraid that the situation could escalate in a way that could out you to your family and that could lead to like difficulties going on with uh, police, etc. If you need to talk to somebody, it's wonderful resource. I've used it in high school and it is just wonderful. Um, and I'm really glad it exists. And so this is Rainbow Snap Clash is a group of all queer casters and myself who we are happy to talk about our experiences and to create a really open space. And we're trying to create a really affirming and inclusive space and pioneer and push that here in the Marvel Snap community. Um, and luckily we have a lot of really cool people who also want to do that, want to participate in that and who are really excited to, to be a part of this with us. So, so far our lineup includes Includes for players, people, W Snaps, Lammy, Hannah's Cat Cafe, Z, D Money, Braude, A Party, Peaceful C, Equinox, Bohe, like Hitmeister, Super Tech God, Mr. Dr. Jake, and of course, Brad. Uh, Teddy, unfortunately, is busy then, but... Oh, I was not able to make this one. Yeah. Hosted by yours truly, Fiona, here. It's Mm going to be an awesome time. It's going to be so fun, and I'm really excited. So it's a creator-only or invitational uh, tournament. So it's for people who are uh, involved with the community and are willing to have their games shown, of course, on our stream. Um, And we're really, really, like, we're looking for 
folks to help. Uh, we're reaching out to a couple other sponsors right now, or potential sponsors, and Community Gaming has sponsored us, which is lovely. Um, and I will be raising uh, money through direct donations for the prize pool during my upcoming streams between now and then and on the day of. Um, so 60% will go to the Trans Lifeline Project, 20% to the top uh, first play player, and then 10% uh, to the second, 5% to third and fourth. So it is an opportunity to win some money. And also we're hoping to just bring a lot of visibility in. So donations help us uh, to attract more players who will then bring more visibility to the cause um, and more folks who will watch our stream and hear us talk about why this is a really cool organization in more detail, as well as just our experiences and audience member experiences between games. If folks want to talk with us about our queer experiences and know that you're not alone out there and that this is a community full of people who want to, you know, be on the rainbow road with you. Um, and so I really, I really hope it goes well and it's really dear to my heart and exciting for me to be able to organize a charity fundraiser with my like friends and community in the Snap world. So if you're interested, please feel free to DM me uh, to try to ask uh, if you'd like to participate um, or if you'd like to help in some way, uh, whether that's donating or helping with other stuff behind the scenes. I'd absolutely love that. Um, and again, you know where to find me. I'm sure my links will be uh, in the description. I can give you the direct donation link as well in the description. Um, and yeah, and you guys, please uh, think about participating or watching. Uh, and thank you. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. an amazing cause. Um, it's great. I mean, uh, when I was a teacher, uh, I taught uh, mostly uh, middle school and some high school kids. So that's a huge part of their lives in which uh, the, the, that point where you have like these transitionary periods of going through puberty, or at least just discovering yourself in general. So I had plenty of trans kids in my classrooms and making sure that they always had a safe place um, and a safe space and being able to kind of speak their mind and uh, not feel threatened in any way, shape or form uh, is very important. And having, you know, lifelines like this or any tools like this at people's disposals or wish uh, are ones I wish we had more of that I could have, you know, referred uh, to a lot of these kids to. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I'm happy that we have them now. So it's a great reason of why I'm participating in it. And it's a great reason why anyone should, you know, watch. And again, if you can't donate, can't do anything like that monetarily, because, you know, of course, everyone's situation is different watching the stream itself and just kind of you know hopping in and hanging out and chat and stuff like that is going to be more than enough support to be able to uh, you know drive home what we're trying to talk about here uh, as opposed to but if again if you can donate please don't hesitate to mm -hmm. but yeah if you can just be a part of the culture with us of promoting this like you said a safe space where people can feel like they can express themselves without fear of uh, backlash or intimidation or anything that's really really wonderful and I think uh, in the SNAP community, we're at a point where we can really push for that and we can push for creating those spaces. But unfortunately, you know, recently we saw with the with the like Human Torch versus Shang-Chi campaign, we saw some of the the other sides of these cultures, which are not inclusive and not affirming to all peoples and which are prevalent in gaming spaces. Uh, but I think the Marvel SNAP community, at least on stream, uh, you know, 
uh, trends differently than that, and I'm really happy for that. I'm really happy that you want to be involved, and I hope um, other people also have similar reasons that they they know this stuff matters to young people, especially. Mm -hmm. All right, well, before we go, Fiona, we want to say thank you, first and foremost, for joining us. It was wonderful having you on. Secondly, of course, where can people find you beyond just the uh, Snap class coming up? Uh, they're going to be, you know, hosting everything. Where else can they find your stream and all that good stuff uh, and all that good everything? So you can find me on uh, Twitch, Fiona Shade Stories. I tend to stream Wednesdays to Fridays. I've been doing a lot of collaborative streams with folks. Um, so this Friday, the uh, 27th, I'm streaming with Lauren uh, and hopefully Pulse, if his schedule allows, from... Um, Marvel Snap Zone to do a gold draft challenge. Uh, try to see if we can draft, mostly draft a deck and then get a gold ticket. Next week I'm planning, in the upcoming I'm planning to do them with Safety Blade and Lammy and other folks as well. Um, I also uh, do my own streams where I play Snap, of course, myself. Uh, and you can also find my writing on drivethroughrpg.com. Um, so within a couple of days, my uh, first D&D booklet, which is a 56 page uh, document that includes uh, playable species, backgrounds, uh, magic punk tech, vehicles, gear, I, for everything from eye crystals uh, and witched gram to elemental engine vehicles, um, tree people playing as a tree person, playing as somebody with a pledgy background or the pop culture aficionado or the mechanic background, um, just customization options for your D&D game as well as a standalone setting um, called For the World of Adventure College is coming out. Uh, so I'm currently waiting for Director RPG to approve my upload um, and say it is uh, available for sale. So if you look up Fiona Shade Stories on DriveThruRPG, uh, and let me check, um, you could check actually if you wanted on screen, I guess, but I can look it up, um, is on DriveThruRPG, let's see, I think, um, I, I think I'm the thing is I'm not sure if it's you have to space out my name Fiona Shade Stories, uh, which is the funny thing because obviously on Twitch and on Discord it's not spaced out. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so if you space out Fiona Shade Stories, then you can find it uh, available, and uh, you can find the thing. And uh, yeah, wait, oh they made it available today oh okay so you can buy red release you can buy my book um yeah Yay. you can you can buy my book i uh did not realize that uh yeah so that's awesome It was way longer than I thought it'd be. Sorry. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> there, was, so, there was 30 seconds left on that, by the way. Oh, my God. So I didn't realize. It looks like the, the images in the bottom left, like, I didn't realize those would show up like that. So the, I'm going to have to go in and edit some of those out, the, uh, like duplicates, because yep. uh, those yep. were things I decided not to use in the, the thing. description. But yeah, it's a magic punk world poking fun at the college experience and traditional adventuring. And I guess I will be emailing all my Kickstarter backers tomorrow with the link to this because there we go. I didn't realize that it was already reviewed uh, since, since so yeah, uh, it looks like it was approved today. So that's awesome. So you can find me here on DriveThruRPG, um, Fiona Shade Stories. Yes, you have to space it out. You can find me not spaced out on Twitch. 
Uh, well, sometimes I do space out, you know, but um, I'm always snuggling with Sega who helps me stay calm during these like long games where I can get stressed out. Um, and you can also, like I have a very active Discord community that anyone is welcome to join, whether it's for D&D or for Snap or for both. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, very excited to be uh, to be streaming more and I hope I can get on uh, more collaborations in the future. Of course, if you're watching this and you want to, uh, you're another streamer and you want to do something together, just uh, hit me up. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. And yeah, and again, thank you guys for letting me plug Snapflash. It's uh, very important to me personally. And I'm really hoping that we have a, a wonderful experience for all the content creators and players involved and that we're able to raise uh, some good money for a wonderful, wonderful group. All right. Well, that's awesome. Teddy, yeah. where can they find you? Oh, where yeah, you can find me stuff? at Teddy Ninja on YouTube, Teddy Ninja 15 on Twitch. The uh, Twitch is always changing the simultaneous streaming, but we'll stream on both uh, whenever I'm on my off shifts from work. want to say a big thank you to Fiona hopping in here for the podcast. We'd love to get some more guests going, and I think it's been an awesome episode to be able to have a greater diversity of uh, opinions here on the cast. It's been super fun. Yay! And of course, you can find me at uh, all social media platforms, and you can possibly think of as uh, at Bradsifer. Very easy to look at that. I do streaming sometimes. I do YouTube sometimes. Uh, it depends on the day of the week, I suppose. But I'm trying to get more of an actual schedule involved and stuff. And the simulcast maybe makes it a bit easier to do so. I should do what Teddy does and kind of do both YouTube and Twitch at the same time. But we will get there when we get there. You know, at the end of the day, you can also find my other articles and stuff on CCG Hub, and of course on the other podcast related to Marvel Snap, Snap on Ego with Chris Bootman Boutte. But that's going to do it for us here this week. Again, thank you so much, Fiona, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, as far as the watchers and listeners, to checking this out and being here every single week. And as always, Teddy, what do they need? Don't to stop doing? snapping. There we go. Bye, bye, everybody. Don't stop snapping. <laughs> it stopped.